Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is contentment. This is Pastor Philip Thomas. Well, last week uh, we, we talked a little bit about resolutions and, and kind of uh, the, just the, the natural tendency that we have whenever we start a new year to kind of reevaluate the, the past as we're looking to the future. Um, we talked about the reason that resolutions typically don't work real well is because we want things to happen fast and we want it to be easy, right? And neither one of those things are true if we're wanting to experience true meaningful change. True meaningful change doesn't happen fast and it is in no way easy, right? It, it takes some work. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit, not about specific resolutions, but kind of some some basic principles that I think um, probably uh, a lot of times <laughs> point us in directions uh, that, that hopefully start to change our life. All of us get into pa- patterns and things like that that we know we need to change. That's where resolutions come in. And, and those are going to be very different and specific for everybody, right? Everyone's going to have kind of different areas in their life that they know that they need to work on and to change. But there are some basic principles that, that I think feed all of those things. And, and, uh, and so today we're going to talk about one of those. And, and, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to go through each one, um, but I started looking at the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and we're going to start at the bottom, right? And we're actually going to kind of do an inversion of the Ten Commandments. Because here's the deal with re- resolutions or you know, trying to, to change anything. <laughs> If you just kind of start, if your starting point is, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore, right? That will work for a short time, but it will not work long term. Like if your only thought is, okay, I am not going to bite my nails, right? And and so for the first week, you look at your nails and you're like, I'm not going to bite them, right? And you, okay. But over time, if that's a big habit, right, for you, it's not going to be enough to just not bite your nails, right? You're going to have to do something in place of that, right? This is, you know, basic psychology says this. If you're trying to, to get rid of something in your life, you're going to have to do something. Something else has to, uh, to take its place. You're going to have to recognize that in your life there are things that move you to biting your nails, right? And, uh, and so you need to recognize those things. So you can't just say, okay, I'm not going to do this. Now you may say, well, are you bashing the Ten Commandments? No, because the Ten Commandments, that's a good list. And then the rest of the Bible is fleshing those out, right? You know, we have, but, but if you just kind of look at the Ten Commandments and go, okay, it says not to do this. That's going to be enough for me not to do that. No, you need to understand this requires a different way of living, a different life. And one of the ones to me that's, a, that's really big, and I see this in society. I, this has obviously been in society forever, um, but it, it is probably heightened now because of all of a, the ways that we are fed information and things like that. But the last commandment is this one that says, do not covet, right? So, or, or if you like the King James, thou shalt not covet, 
right? And uh, the thing is, is that's a, that's a good thing. We think, okay, that's great. Well, what shall I do instead of covet, right? So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what, what should we do to kind of battle this. Because whenever I start thinking about coveting, I think it fuels a whole lot of the things that are behind our resolutions, right? Because we, are, we live in a society and we are a people who are always wanting more, right? And that's not always bad. Ambition is not a bad thing, right? But we're always wanting more. But the problem is, is I think that we fooled ourselves into thinking that if we get more, then I will be content then things will be right. And at the heart of it, that's what coveting is, gets to, right? Coveting is not just wanting your neighbor's stuff, right? That's part of it, is that you're wanting something that is not yours. But what is really damaging about coveting is that you, in your mind, you think, if I have my neighbor's stuff, I will be better off, and I will be happier, and I will be more fulfilled. That is the problem. And I think that we can spread that out. It, it kind of, those bad habits that we, that we have, we kind of say, if I do that bad habit, that will make me happier or more fulfilled. Or if I do this, it will make me happier and more fulfilled. That is a very dangerous place to be. And if we try to overcome that by just saying, okay, I'm not going to covet. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. We're, we're, going, we're going to fail because all the messages that we are getting are trying to convince you why you should covet other stuff. Right? So we have to replace that with something. So rather than just saying, okay, I'm not going to do this, we need to, to search for something. We need to strive towards something else. And I think what that is is it's contentment. It's striving to find contentment where you are with what you have with where you are in life. Now, this is always a tough one because this does not mean that you just don't do anything to change your life. This doesn't mean that you don't take that uh, job opportunity at work that may mean that you get more uh, better pay. Right? What it does mean is that you're evaluating things and that you're never making the decision and saying, you know what, if I strive for this, that's what's going to make me happy. You really need to figure out how, you need to figure out how to be happy and content where you are right now. And man, that, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. And, this is, and I know this is not a, an easy thing. And, and you can always say, well, yeah, but what about this? Right? I, can, I can have a conversation with a family and I can say, you know what, you, you really got to start with being content with, with where you are. And they'll say, yeah, but you don't know my financial situation. And I'll say, yeah, it may really suck and I'm sorry. But you know what, just getting out of that financial situation isn't going to all of a sudden make you fulfilled if you can't find some fulfillment where you are right now. And that applies not only to finances, that's the easiest probably example, but it applies to our relationships as well. How often do we, uh, in our relationships, we say, well, if this person, if they would change this, then things would be really good, right? 
Well, maybe we've got to, at some point, find some contentment where things are. And then look at, okay, what are those things that do need to be changed that are not necessarily healthy? Because to me, contentment is looking at things honestly, not looking at things as you hope that they would be, right? You acknowledge the challenges in your life. You acknowledge the, maybe the financial shortcomings. You acknowledge your own personal shortcomings, right? And then you realize, okay, we're going to be okay. I know where I am now. Now I can look how I'm going to move forward. You know, one of the things that coveting does is that, that it basically, it takes us out of the picture because we're always looking at other things. If I get this or that, or if I have this kind of relationship or whatever, then things are going to be better. And we don't ever think about, wait, you know what? You're still going to be in that new place. If you're not happy and content now, and then you get over here in this new place, guess what? You're still not going to be content or going to be happy. So coveting kind of gives us an out. We can always blame other people. And how many times, and we all do it, but how many times do you, you know, I, I've, I've talked with people and I always have to uh, step back and make sure on my, my own. People that have the same problems at every job they go to, Right? They go, you know, and, and they're usually real excited whenever they first start a new job. Like, oh, this one's going to be different and everything like that. And then a month in, they're like, man, my coworkers, they just, you know, they, they talk a lot about me behind my back or whatever it is, right? And it's like, wait, that was the exact same problem you had at the, fir- the previous 10 jobs. You know what? Maybe we need to do some self-reflecting. And I think one of the dangers of coveting is it kind of gives us an out because we're always focused on, oh, if I have this, then I'll be okay, rather than looking at, no, I need to figure out who I am. I need to learn how to be content with who I am, and then I can really move forward because there are things that we do need to change in our life. And like I said before, it's not wrong to take that job promotion. It's not wrong to move from this neighborhood to that neighborhood. Those are not wrong. But if you are doing those with any kind of delusion of thinking that's what you need in order to be happy, to be fulfilled, that is a mistake. And that's one of the mistakes with resolutions, right? Is we think, oh, if we just get this taken care of, then life is all going to be wonderful. No, you never know. You never know. You know, and so whenever I talk about contentment, even within myself, I, I immediately have lots of, lots of questions and I can say, well, but you can't be content in that situation. You can't be content in this situation, right? There's always something that you can say, well, you know what? No one could be content in that. And there's some truth to that, but I think when it comes down to it, this is such a simplistic uh, answer. Um, but, uh, and I think Molly and her sister got shirts made up uh, about this because their mom said it a lot. You know, sometimes you just have to choose to be happy. Right? You, it is a conscious choice of how you're going to view life. And contentment, there's some similarities there. You're going to have to choose to be content. That doesn't mean that you're blind to the, to the issues that you face. But you're going to have to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to stop focusing on the things I don't have, and I'm going to start focusing on the things that I do have. That is how we try, can start to find contentment. 
is we change our focus. And what we are naturally drawn to do is to focus on the things we don't have and the things that are going wrong in our life. And we forget about all the things that are going well. You know, and, and just some broad things that I think would really help if we did, if we focused on this. One, how often do we focus on the fact that despite all of your failings, despite all of, uh, you know, the things that you know you need to change, despite all of that, that you are a child of God, that God loves you, that God cares about you. You know what, that, that should be able to give us a little bit of contentment. Knowing that, hey, God does love me. God does care for me. You know, you can focus on the fact that you have the opportunity to be a follower of Christ. To live your life in a different way. right? And to start making those changes. It's never too late. right? We can start realizing, hey, we have a lot going for us as well. You know what? You can start focusing on the family that you do have, flaws and all, right? And that you acknowledge those flaws. That's okay. And you know that, hey, you're not, you're not, you can be content and still acknowledge, hey, there's some things that need to change, right? But, but so often we, uh, we have one area in our life that we're frustrated with. And, uh, and so we just kind of view everything. Like if there's one relationship in our family that's all messed up, we just kind of say, well, it's all messed up. It's all, there's, no, there's no hope. No, there always is. You know, are we going to focus on the family that we do have? Are we going to try to love them where they are? Right? And, and are we going to allow them to love us where we are so we can move forward together? Says so we need to focus... <laughs> Not on the things that you don't have, but focus on the resources that you do. Right? All of us have resources, whether they're financial resources, whether they're our talent, whatever it is, we have things that God has given us where we can succeed and where we can excel in life. We need to start looking at those, make sure we think about those and use those things to God's glory. This is not easy to do. And I want to read a passage that... It really kind of sums up why contentment is so difficult. This is going to be in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, starting uh, in the second half of verse 2. But uh, this is specifically talking about money. Um, But uh, but I think it, um, it applies to the broader idea of contentment. So this is Paul writing to Timothy, and uh, he says this. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest. Now listen to this. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Now, it, those things that, that sums up our society, doesn't it? Like our society is full of controversies, 
quarrels about words, evil suspicions, malicious talk, right? Maybe it's because our society is not teaching godly things. And this is what he says. So now he says, but. So he's basically going to give the teaching that uh, we should be following. So in verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, I was reading this and I was like, you know, this is a perfect picture of what our society does. Right? Our society is not teaching truth. And, and this is, whenever I say society, I'm talking about church society as well. That we don't always do a good job of teaching this. And I think it's really interesting that Paul, when he lists all of those things of people that are just fighting together and the quarreling and all of this stuff, that he says, but godliness with contentment is basically the answer. Godliness with contentment. We need to understand that the world is out there to make us discontented. And if you can make people discontent, then they will quit seeking godliness. Because a lot of people, they, they, the only reason that they'll seek godliness is because they're trying to find contentment. Right? And then so, so they, they go through the motions of being godly, and it doesn't immediately lead to contentment. And so they say, oh, for, forget that. I'll go find something else. I'll go look for the bigger house. I'll go look for the better job. I'll go look for the better wife. <laughs> right? Our society is geared towards making us discontent. Now, we shouldn't freak out about that. It's always been that way. But we better recognize it. You, from the moment you get up to the time that you close your eyes, there's someone or something trying to make you discontented. You open up the newspaper if you still do that. There is going to be an ad that is trying to tell you that the microwave that you have isn't good enough. <laughs> There's a better one. It's that, that is how marketing works. Marketing at its core is designed to make you discontent with what you have. And I am, I am a capitalist. I am not against that, all right? But we better recognize what it can do, right? Man, it will, can suck the life out of you because all of a sudden you're just seeing what, you, you know, what, what ads are telling you you should have to make you happy. And all of a sudden your, your mindset starts changing. You say, you know what? That person on that commercial looked really happy with that new phone. I need to get that new phone, right? And that's just basic stuff. And most of the time it doesn't affect us. 
But this is the society's way of thinking. And then all of a sudden it gets to serious stuff. Whenever you start talking with people who are not godly and who are not coming at it from that, and you talk to them, well, how do I find happiness in this world? How do I find contentment? And most will say, well, you know what? Work your way up to this place or to that position or to to this or to that to get this kind of stuff. And, you know, the Bible, it, it is so simple and we can be so cynical about it. But what God says, he says, you know what? You didn't come into anything with the world. You're not going out with anything. You should be able to be content with food and shelter. Right? That is basic stuff. And most of us would recognize that that would be very hard to be content with just that. But what God is saying here is he's saying, listen, you have to be content with who you are in me. And you have to learn to be content in the situation that you're in. Right? And then it's okay to start moving towards goals. Goals are fine. But again, if you think that achieving that goal is what's going to make you happy, you're going to be sorely mistaken. If we want to experience some pretty radical change in our life, maybe we need to start focusing on godliness, right? Which again, remember, coveting keeps us from looking at ourselves, so we don't have to worry about being godly. We just worry about what do I need to do to get that stuff. God says, no, worry about being godly. Start living godly lives. Think of those things in your life that you're doing that cause you to be the source of contention at every job that you're at, right? Start thinking about that. Start being godly and then be content with your circumstances. And then when you do that, I believe many times doors start opening up, right? But it starts first with being godly and being content with who we are in him, with literally being content with what we do have, even if we know that it's not ideal. This is a hard one. Being content is hard. But I think we need to know, we need to know the consequences of not being content. And the consequences are being miserable. Because if we can't be content, we're going to be miserable, we're going to be bitter, we're going to be angry. And then there's going to be moments of happiness when we achieve that next thing that we think is going to make us happy. And then pretty soon we're going to realize, you know what, this phone doesn't get very good coverage either. (laughs) And then we're going to be right back into getting bitter and angry and miserable again. You know, I don't know this year what maybe you can do to start changing. But maybe start thinking about how can I change my life to be more godly? How can I start finding contentment in the flawed life I'm in now? And understanding it's flawed. Understanding it needs to change. But find some contentment there. And then allow God to start molding you to be the godly person he created you to be. And then guess what? Many times our circumstances start to change as a result of that. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God of contentment. 
And Lord, and I pray that we will be able to be content in you, that we will allow you to be the source of our joy, of our hope, of our happiness. And Lord, I pray that we will recognize that we live in a world that is striving to make us discontented. But Lord, that we can find contentment in you and you alone. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.